0: Hello, this is Jennifer Wolfe. I am the former Executive Director of the International Association of Industrial Accident Boards and Commissions. While I have officially left the IAIABC as an employee, I am enjoying the opportunity to guest host a few episodes of Accidentally. I have hosted Accidentally since it began in 2015. In each episode, Accidentally explores policy, practice, and trends within the occupational health, safety, and workers' compensation communities. I Am Hopeful Accidentally gives you a broader view of our industry and that episodes spark conversation and debate among listeners. You can listen or download our podcast each month at IAIABC.org slash podcast or find accidentally on your favorite podcast network. It's Groundhog's Day. This is a holiday I mostly forget, but it's the title of a really great movie. I'm not sure about you, but the beginning of 2022 has certainly felt similar to the beginning of 2021 and even early 2020. We've seen lots of news about the Omicron virus, the lack of testings, questions about the efficacy of masks and what kind of masks to use. There's uncertainty about whether meetings and events are going to go forward, and more and more shelves are empty at the stores. In this environment, I feel a lot more empathy with Phil Connors. He's the Bill Murray weatherman in the movie Groundhog Day. We are repeating the same motions, hearing the same discussions, but expecting a different result. Between you and I, it's a rough way to start a new year. And yet, here we find ourselves, and we must continue forward. Our personal lives over the last two years have been dominated by COVID-19. And for those of us who are in the occupational health, safety, and workers' compensation profession, COVID-19 has often dominated our work conversations too. In work comp, it started with, is COVID-19 compensable under a worker's compensation law? What liabilities could the system incur from COVID-19 cases? Are presumptions needed for COVID-19, especially frontline workers? Over the last couple of years, those conversations have changed, and we have new questions. How will long COVID disrupt recovery and return to work? How will COVID-19 cases be adjudicated? Do mandatory vaccine mandates create new challenges for the system? COVID-19 has dominated the conversation within workers' compensation because there has rarely been a health and safety risk that has touched every business and every worker. The system has responded in many different ways. One important step forward during COVID-19 was the ability to leverage data in real time. There's a lot of data collected within the workers' compensation system. From policy and coverage data to claims data and treatment data, all of this information can be used to understand what is happening in workplaces across the United States and beyond. In the earliest days of the pandemic, it became clear that COVID-19 claims data would be valuable It would be valuable to understand, not just from a workers' compensation perspective, but also it could be used to inform public health initiatives. I want to recognize specially the California Workers' Compensation Institute, CWCI. CWCI launched a first-in-the-nation interactive app with COVID-19 workers' compensation claims data. It's a tremendous source of intel giving the public, and that is really the key word here. It's a public resource. Insights into COVID-19 cases geographically by industry and coverage types, for example, insurer versus self-insured experience. Other state organizations in the United States have created similar dashboards and reports. Montana, Minnesota, Kansas, Florida, Wyoming, Texas. These dashboards and reports are intended to help understand how COVID-19 is impacting employers and employees across jurisdictions. These dashboards are helpful to many stakeholders and can help us answer questions beyond claim administrators, insurers, and jurisdictional agencies that generally have access to this data. What is particularly encouraging about these efforts is the transparency and accountability that real-time data analysis and reporting can play to improve workers' compensation. Today, I wanted to share some thoughts on how these efforts can complement existing system research and analysis. In the US, there are many institutions and organizations that conduct research on workers' compensation-related issues. Reports and papers vary in scope from system-wide. I think of NCCI's State of the Line Report and the National Academy of Social Insurance's Benefits, Costs, and Coverage publication. WCRI's ComScope reports. Other analysis is issue-based. Discussions on opioids, telemedicine, or dispute resolution challenges. These reports go through a rigorous data quality and review process, which means the data is typically a year or more old before the publication is released. This process ensures that comparisons and conclusions that policymakers and stakeholders draw are accurate, It gives regulators and other decision makers confidence in proposing or making system change in response to this analysis and reporting. In contrast, data dashboards, performance reports, and other analytic tools are not a substitute for these researcher-led efforts. Instead, dashboards and more frequent performance reports can play a different role of informing. First, dashboards and performance reports are more broadly accessible. Visual information, think shaded maps and trend lines, are more easily understood. You don't need extensive system knowledge or advanced degrees to comprehend. For a system that is often described as complex and confusing, This is an important way for general users to understand what is happening within the workers' compensation system. Another role these reports can play within the system is to promote accountability. Administrative and regulatory systems are often opaque operations, or at least they have the appearance of opacity. Making measures available and current builds trust. Montana has 29 public dashboards, and many of these dashboards have multiple tables. The dashboards address a variety of measures from mediations to return to work to settlements. Objective measures on administrative and regulatory functions hold the department accountable to its stakeholders and the public. It identifies opportunities for improvement and measures progress against changes adopted and implemented. It is a powerful statement to make information available in this way. It demonstrates a commitment to being responsible for results and taking action if they do not align with expectations. Dashboards and dynamic apps help us break down the workers' compensation silo. I've often described workers' compensation as the intersection of many fields economics, healthcare delivery, safety, the law, insurance, just to name a few. Democratizing data makes information accessible beyond our industry. Having experts in occupational safety, public health, income security, and other fields expands our viewpoints and identifies new opportunities. Throughout COVID, the sharing of COVID-19 claims information across jurisdictions, across research organizations, across rating bureaus was impressive. It demonstrated the ability to overcome data protectionism and use data to serve the common good. There's clearly more work that can be done in this area, but it brings with it new challenges, especially with respect to data governance and data quality. Dashboards, analysis, and research is only possible when there is confidence in the data and how it is collected. This is an area the IAIABC recently explored relating to the coding of COVID-19 claims. Many jurisdictions receive nature and cause of injury codes on the first report of injury forms. These fields are often the basis for query reports on COVID-19 cases in a jurisdiction. In a survey conducted by the IAIABC, We found that most jurisdictions used consistent cause and nature of injury codes, especially for COVID-19 cases. However, the survey also found that for other conditions, especially with respect to adverse reactions to vaccinations, both COVID and non-COVID vaccinations, there was much more difference in coding across U.S. states. The survey also found that many states provided guidance to data reporters on which codes to use. I thought Tennessee's use of the visual was particularly effective, but many states do not provide guidance. Additionally, states don't generally edit on nature and cause of injury codes. Well, this information is getting into the data weeds, and I would encourage you to view the IAIABC resource, Survey of Jurisdictional Practices Related to COVID-19 Coding. It raises important points about a specific data set. Data integrity is vital, and we must understand and implement practices that promote strong data governance. In doing so, the workers' compensation system, its stakeholders, and the public – can have confidence and more insight into the effectiveness of how occupational injuries and illnesses are treated, compensated, and concluded. Thanks for listening to Accidentally, the IAIABC's podcast exploring issues of occupational health, safety, and recovery since 2015. You can listen or download accidentally on your favorite podcast network or find it at iaiabc.org podcast. Cheers, Jen.